Hello and welcome to It's More Than Money. It's More Than Money has a focus to bring you inspiring stories from real people who strive to improve every day. People who aren't willing to settle for the status quo, they've shaken off any limiting beliefs they might have had and they've just gone after what they really want in life. We'll have all kinds of guests, we'll have business owners, entrepreneurs, masters of the mind, industry game changers and money experts who will all, through their own stories, provide invaluable insights into creating a life you never thought possible. So welcome everybody to It's More Than Money podcast with Kai and Kelly. I'm doing this by myself today. Kai is wrapped up with all all sorts of different things, but I am speaking to the lovely Kim McCosner from Four Ingredients. So welcome, Kim. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. We are so super excited to have you on our show. I just think our listeners, I mean, I look at your live Facebook pages and your website and oh my God, how many listeners and followers do you have and how did this all come about? <laughs> oh, loaded of, of questions. So, yes. Um, first, first part of the question, collectively across our platforms, our social media platforms and our database, we probably have access to about 1.25 million followers, subscribers, likers every single day. That's my tribe and it grows daily, which is fantastic. And the wonderful thing about that, Kel, is it's very loving and it's very loyal because we have amassed that tribe organically. We've never paid for it. It's just found us and has kind of stuck with us. So it's um, it's a wonderful tribe. And because you are a beautiful day- human, you are a beautiful human. You will be a you are the human attractor. So, oh, well, <laughs> we do have just a natural innate want to mm. help. That is mm. just um, you know that's just a motherly instinct that you know I guess I was born with because my mum had it, my grandma had it. It's just it's just how we mums roll. You know, you see someone trip over, you rush to help them up. You see someone you know, fall off a bike, you rush to scoop them up. You know, that's just us, isn't it? And it's yeah. the same, you know, that's how I kind of, the basic principles of four ingredients are to make your easier, whoever you are, wherever you are, more successful, requiring less time and less money in the kitchen. That is our job and, you know, that is what we aim to do. And if we can't do that, we're here to troubleshoot why as well so we don't just leave you dangling. But that's kind of, you know, our broad audience um and you know 80 percent of that audience is probably in southeast you know in australasia but there is a growing kind of mass swell happening outside of australia which is really wonderful to see as well it goes to show it doesn't matter whether you live in dublin dallas or darwin Mm. the world is busy the world is busy and looking for simple easy delicious recipes at the end of the day so All ingredients is kind of really playing strongly in that space at the moment. Yeah, I just um, I remember the first four ingredients book that we bought, and my husband actually brought it home to me, and I'm like, how how would this work? Only four ingredients, and then we just got totally hooked, (laughs) totally hooked, and then we had family come over, and we're like, they looked at and they're like, oh, how could that be possible? And it it just works. Like you are so clever. Well, it didn't. It's not because I come from a culinary background or, you know, lineage of restaurateurs or anything like that. I was, you know, schooled at the skirts of my mum and nana in the kitchen as to how to cook a roast chicken on a Sunday night or, you know, a shepherd's pie or, you know, just an apple crumble. Basic, simple, good, wholesome family meals. That's the table at which I learned to cook. 
And when I was on maternity leave, I'm, you know, very proud mum of three beautiful sons. When I was on maternity leave from uh, the National Australia Bank, I was working with at the time with my second son, this is about 2005, I went looking for a really easy cookbook, just something super simple that allowed me at the end of a very stressful day to get dinner on the table quickly, easily, and with a few essential ingredients. But I just couldn't find what I was looking for. So about 2005, 2006 it would have been. And so I searched and searched, couldn't find anything. And this is the heyday of Jamie and Gordon and Nigella. And if you weren't making asparagus custard with 12 ingredients, what were you doing wrong? It was just complex (laughs) cooking. And all I wanted to know was how to make a chicken pie with the ingredients I already had in my freezer or my fridge, you know. So I sat down at my laptop bit like we are at the moment in this Mm. room and I just flipped it up opened a word document and I started to type the recipes that were within my repertoire that I knew you could make really quickly and then I'd you know I'd call my mum I'd call my nan I'd call my aunts my cousins and they'd give me their recipes and a common theme started to evolve and it was really evident early on that all of these recipes the recipes that were really resonating with me could be made with just four fewer ingredients. You know, mum's apricot chicken, just with your chicken and your onion and your French onion soup and your apricot nectar. You know, her potato bake with the French onion soup, cream and potatoes. These were all things that I'd go, oh my gosh, yes, remember that. Oh, is that all you, that all you needed to do that? I didn't realise. Yeah. Just required some self-raising flour, cream and lemonade. Like, yep. so Four ingredients evolved from essentially a need. I had a need for a tool in the kitchen that helped me get good wholesome food on the table quick at the end of the day. I couldn't find it, so I sat down and started to write my own. And that's where it comes from. It really didn't come from any culinary expertise or skill set that I had. I mean, my gosh, I did a degree in international finance at university. I'm the least likely person, Kel, to have (laughs) ever written a cookbook when I first had the idea and I rang my mum and I rang my best friends, who, you know, I've been best friends with my girlfriends now since primary school, and I said, oh, guess what, guess what I'm doing? They're like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing a cookbook. And they're like, oh, good on you, love. Jeez, wasn't it a cold day today? Couldn't believe. <laughs> you know, we had 22 meals last night out here in Mundell. I couldn't believe it. Like they just, you know, whatever, she's writing a cookbook. Of course she is. But it was just, um, you know, it was crazy. But that... That probably that first 12 months. So I didn't just write it. I, of course, cooked everything in it as well because you need the end product to be useful to people like your good self who might go and invest $20. Mm. So I cooked everything. So at the end of that first year, so 2006, by the time I had a manuscript, was probably which was probably about 140, 50 odd pages of a Word document that had been tried and tested and finessed so that they were literally in a state that anyone everywhere, so long as you could read, could make it. Um, I had probably cooked over a 1,000 recipes. I had, you know, spent tens of thousands of dollars and I had put on probably about four kilos. So I didn't do that in, in vain, Kel. I then went, right, I worked the phones on overtime trying to get through to a publisher to tell them about this amazing manuscript that I had. But basically that all met a brick wall because the first question the publishers of 
well, not just our country, any country would ask you, is are you famous? Yeah. And it was a rhetorical question because without fame, you have no following. And without a following, it's going to be very difficult for you to sell a cookbook, let alone for a publisher to sell a cookbook. So, you know, that's where I then just went, okay, well, I have this manuscript. I have no publisher. So I turned to my best friend at the time. You may have heard of him. His name's Google. And I simply Googled <laughs> how to publish, uh, you know, how to self-publish a cookbook. And I just started to read. So, you know, that's really, yeah, if at first you don't succeed, you don't let those no's define you. You know, I had put in, I had invested too much time and too yeah. much money. I had a great manuscript that, you know, if I had met you baseline at the tennis practice courts or sideline on soccer that year, you know, I would have asked you, did you have a recipe in your repertoire? You often make your family with, you know, three or four ingredients. And you would have went, oh, yeah, yeah, gosh, I've got my jelly slice or I've got my apple slice or I've got my pineapple damper, whatever it was. And I'd go and cook it and then I'd attribute it to you. And But yeah. what you would say to me is, gee, that's a good idea. God, yeah. I buy that book. Oh, my husband needs that book. My father-in-law, my kids need that. I need that cookbook. Someone always needed that book. So when the publishers didn't respond with the enthusiasm mm. I had automatically. That you wanted, yeah. Yeah, because you put in a lot of hours, a lot of hours and a lot of time and effort. And effort yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we self-published. So um, basically with the research of how to do that, it becomes very apparent very early on that you also have to self-fund. So to print that first little 2,000 copies of that little green book that, you know, has gone on to become Australia's most highest selling self-published title in history, mm. uh, I had to withdraw $26,000 from my family's mortgage. So, you know, you and I both finance mm. backgrounds. We know to gross, you know, well, to net $26,000, you've got to gross about $34,000 because we all pay this beautiful thing in Australia called tax to ensure we have good medical and good dental and great <laughs> infrastructure roads without potholes. Oh, you so said that's so lovely. That, you know, <laughs> necessary evil. So, you know, in my mind, I've gone, okay, I am repaying this. One way, come hell or high water, I am repaying this. So that 2,000 cookbooks that cost me 26000 net from my mortgage arrived on my doorstep on the 17th of May 2007 and in that moment on the 16th of March 2007 I was considering myself an author with a financial background on March 17th 2007 when that 2000 when those 2000 books arrived I suddenly realized wow I've got to transition out of this mindset and I have got to become the world's best marketer <laughs> in the because <laughs> I got 2,000 books, three pallet loads of books sitting in my living room. So I hadn't anticipated how many, you know, how much room yeah. I take up. And that's really, you know, when people ask me today, what do I do? What is four ingredients? Really, we have grown into or become or morphed into what I refer to as a marketing beast. That is what I believe I have become. That is, my, you know, the role I am best at. I also have a talent and a knack to be able to write in a way that regular people respond to that resonate mm. with people you know uh, I've been able to do that but you know simply it's, it's not rocket science I just write something that's interesting about a recipe that I find interesting and most others do too but really yeah the art of marketing has been a very strong pillar in the success of four ingredients you've got is it six books in different 
languages, like foreign, different foreign languages too. Like if you've, yeah. yeah. So you just haven't gone from, from, from financial planning, was it the NAB bank to being on mature, was it NAB bank you were working at? So I got a grad position out of Griffith University with MLC and then NAB bought MLC in 2000. And yeah. then, yes, um, I, I worked for NAB up until 2005 and then, yeah, maternity leave. So finance industry turned to this amazing um, Australia's, what is it, still top number one recipe book or a book, for Australian book. That's absolutely unbelievable and the series now, like as just an overview, um, as an extension of your point there, the series itself, so I have a book due out in June called Four Ingredients, Veggie and Vegan, and then another book due out in September called The Easiest Pie Maker Cookbook Ever. Oh, my God, I can't and wait for that. I that love will, pies. Yeah, yeah, though mm-hmm. it's going to be really popular. But that will be my seven, 37th title. So I, I will have, when that comes, when that lands in September for Father's Day, that will be my 37th title. So I have 37 titles that have now been published on three across three continents in six different languages. So not all of those titles have been published in six different languages. Yeah. But a number of those titles have been bought, um, you know, I've sold foreign rights to. So, but, you know, the, the books can be found from South Africa to New Zealand to Fiji to North America. We signed a seven-book deal with one of the biggest publishers on the Avenue of Americas about six years ago. I mean, that is almost an unheard-of feat for an American author, let alone an Australian author. Yeah. It was massive. So, you know, t- twice now I've taken out awards, you know, the International Gourmet Book of the Year, uh, which has been great for the brand on an international level mm. as well. So... Uh, the easiest slow cooker book ever did that in 2016 and Four Ingredients Keto did that in 2019. So, you know, yeah, it just keeps going. But I guess, you know, what I'm finding at the moment too interesting, Kel, in the current global situation we all mm. find ourselves, i.e. isolation and lockdown, mm. uh, people are deriving real comfort from cooking. Yeah. You know, it is bringing us all together again as a family. We are sharing more meals than we ever had together. It's the one thing that's a constant in our lives. You know, we cooked before COVID, we cooked during it, and we will cook after. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and, you know, when you mentioned my lives before, um, I kind of, yeah, it's been a really great platform to be able to communicate and keep the brand relevant. And one of the things that I love about Four Ingredients and you, Kim, is you do a lot of charity work. So it's always about giving back to. Can you talk about some of the charity works that you have been involved in? So probably um, it was about 2013. We kind of, we just went through this phase where my next door neighbour was diagnosed with breast cancer. The beautiful lady across the canal from where I live was diagnosed with breast cancer um, one of the mums on the school run diagnosed with breast cancer, one of the girls that worked for me, her cousin. It was just this all in just like a space of eight weeks, like mm. 10 people we knew quite well. Yeah. Breast cancer. So I just started to research. See, and this is where I've written the, the, the idea for a lot of my titles has come from numbers. I'm numbers driven, yep. you know. 
Um, so I started to do the research around breast cancer. And when I learned that one in eight Australian women over the age of 60 will be diagnosed with breast cancer, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's horrific. Wow. I mean, one in eight, that is a number. Mm. That's a massive number. So we reached out to... Um, the National Breast Cancer Foundation and we just said, look, we have this idea for a cookbook. We want to call it Cook for Cure. We want to take the idea to Big W who know my brand, know our work ethic and we want to sell in 25,000 copies and we want their agreement that for every copy sold, $4 will be donated. So the idea was with this one deal, yep. we could collectively say we were raising Big W and four ingredients, $100,000 for the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Yep. Absolutely. So Big W loved it. Cook for a Court Cure was born. And from that point, we published that book into the Australian marketplace on the 1st of September 2014. Four Ingredients has raised over $365,000 through, you know, various things like fundraisers, selling books. You know, I've donated time, done a lot of pro bono work and, and donated my speaking fee or my emceeing fee to the NBCF. Mm. So, but that is where we stand today with the money we have raised in the last six years uh, that we have donated directly to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, I'll give you a virtual hug through our Zoom now to say <laughs> thank you because there's that money um, as I, I've also been touched by family members that have had breast cancer and it, it's mm -hmm. um to feel that someone like yourself is making um, awareness, promoting it and creating money um, to to find a cure and to help these people in needs, like whether they're hostels or, um, you know, the, is it the cancer homes they have near the hospitals for children or, or whatever it is. But thank you. Um, uh, people like you are just amazing that are doing a fantastic job. Well, I believe in my lifetime there will be a cure for what is currently Australia's biggest killer of women, breast cancer. But I also believe it will require detailed, minute research and research requires funds. That's yeah. all, you know, research is all about money and that is what the NBCF does. They raise much-needed funds for breast cancer research and I just think, well, if we can... Plus, you know, put it into so many do so many charities do so much wonderful, you know, like the Glenn McGrath charity, the Jane yeah. McGrath charity, and what they do raising funds for nurses for in home care. Whereas mm. I think if we can find this cure, we don't all of that becomes obsolete. So, yeah. but in the meantime, you know, whatever we can do, yeah, we are big, huge supporters, you know, of of um of I don't know community. We yeah. love yeah supporting. And we get behind a whole host of different things at a local level as well. Yeah, and that's why um our podcast it's more than money. You know, many, many times businesses are, are born not about money. It's it's the passion behind it. There's reasons behind it and it's giving back. And four ingredients mm -hmm. is just you just give back. You you're always giving back. Yeah. All your all your life posts I've seen on Facebook or or even in, in the community, you're always giving back. And it's your time that you give back to. It's not even about, you know, your yeah. books and, and your intellectual knowledge. You're, you you yourself, Kim, give back so much time and it is unbelievable. I don't know. It's important, I think. And I think it's as a parent, it's important it's an important to show your kids that mm. that is how you build stronger communities. You know, if everyone just does a little, yeah. no one has to do a lot. And that's you know, that's just kind of the momentum that we, and, and I guess the values we try to instill in them as well. So yeah. I don't know if we, it's getting through, you know, like my, I, how many times do I have to say to them, just be kind, you know, kindness <laughs> is 
contagious. And then they walk around the corner and lay a lefty on each other. What kind of kind of that? But anyway, you know, I hope that repetition sinks in over time, Kel. I'm sure it will. I've met your boys and they're absolutely beautiful little humans. What advice would you give our listeners to to never give up to never give up on a dream because was this a dream for you to get out of the finance industry and to write recipe books or did this was this just like a light bulb moment for you? Yeah, it was just, you know, no, it was never a dream. I actually like, I liked the finance industry and I, I credit my um, background in finance as a huge pillar of success of four ingredients, you mm. know. But um, it was just, I went looking for something and I couldn't find it. It yeah. hurt me. I really felt that I needed this kitchen tool to help me, mm. you know, good get home. I just wanted to home cook things, you know, yeah. even though I use a frozen packet of this sometimes or a packet of that, yeah. the rest of it is still, it's still home cooking and yeah. that's what I wanted. So, um, you know, when I couldn't find it, I just sat there. And I guess that's inherently the entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? You know, most entrepreneurial ideas are born out of a need that person, yeah. him or her has. They cannot find it. They believe that there's other people who would benefit from it too and they just go about doing it. You know, I didn't mm. at the time think in my wildest dreams I was going to write a bestseller. Kelly, like it was really quite the contrary. Everyone said, oh, my God, that is never going to sell. What are you thinking? It's so ugly. There's no pictures. You have no history. You have no following. You have not even, all, you know, it was just all doom and gloom. So when I went and asked my husband for $26,000, like I totally had to beg basically because, yeah. you know, everyone had told us all the reasons it wasn't ever going to work. But, yeah. you know, that drives you as well. And I just kind of think starting a, a, a business is like starting an ultra marathon. You know, it takes strength, stamina, tenacity and a bucket load of passion, you know, and yeah. I kind of have, just maintain that level of stamina and yep. passion for four ingredients. So, you know, I still get excited when I was doing a live yesterday and I was showing everyone how you make these little lemon cheesecakes. And oh, essentially yep. it was just biscuit base and then you mix some cream cheese and some lemon butter together and you froze them and you bring them out 10 minutes before you serve them and you serve them in a state of you know, like a semi-fredo steak, beautiful, mm. creamy, velvety, lovely. And someone come on and said, oh, Kim, what if you substituted your butter snap cookie for a chocolate ripple and then the lemon butter for some Nutella? And I've just gone, light bulb moment. That was sensational. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was, and my enthusiasm and my interpretation of the success, like you should have seen the likes and yeah. the loves and the comments and everything that that spawned. So, you know, like, yeah. It's, 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 you've just, the connection is just like, obviously I'm a massive big follower too. And I just, I still get blown away every time that I do hop online and, and the connection, the, the people that are talking on these Facebook lives, like it's just this, like you said, it's a village it, and, and, and it's, cooking it's creating and it, and food is connection isn't it we sit around a table yeah. we talk yeah. and, and we're present with each other and it's time isn't it and I think that's something well that, you know you do very well well kitchens I honestly believe and I say this all the time kitchens are made to bring families and people together and at the end of the day together is a really lovely place to be isn't mm. it you know that is you know, the heart of your home is your kitchen. It's where you all come together. It's where you all, your bedrooms are for that, that little bit of isolation and time out and whatever, you yeah. know, the, the living rooms, the, the TVs, it kind yeah. of takes centre stage then. It's not about the, the communication. 
Whereas your kitchen, it's all about hustle and bustle and joy and yelling and screaming and music and get this and get that. Like I love it. I love that kitchens bring people and families together. And I think, you know, that probably comes through in what I share from my kitchen daily as well. So do you do all your marketing yourself or how's your business structure? Like, is it all just you are just doing this yourself, doing your lives and all that sort of stuff or? Well, well, you can see one of my little marketing, my my beautiful intern there, that's Uh. Naya. So we're we're just about after this, we're um, about to um, start a TikTok experiment. We're going to be TikToking how to make um, homemade sweet potato fries served with cinnamon. So uh, Naya's all... TikTok was, I I thought TikTok was just dancing. So there you go. Oh, we might do a little jig as well. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's um. I look at TikTok. I started uh, researching, you know, because I sort of see TikTok as my future market. And I think, well, if I can get in now, and like Naya's 17 and she's like, Kim, we should be TikToking how to make sweet potato fries. You know, everyone loves, all my friends love sweet potato fries. And that's the demographic on it. That's the demographic using it. So then we start looking at the platform and there's a whole host of people streaming different things from the kitchen, the way they make things. So, you know, yeah, so I have... I do a lot of my marketing, but I am also a huge believer that no one knows your product better than you. Mm. So whatever you do, whatever you sell, whatever you manufacture, create, you have to be at the forefront of of its story, of its press releases, of its benefits to the greater market. You need to be the one telling that sharing that no one musters the passion about your product better than you no one so you can have and I'm very blessed to have staff that are equally as excited about my products you know and they've all worked for me for you know the better part of a decade which is great so they know the brand they know the journey they they know you know the recipes inside and out as much as I do so that's important to have a really good team, mm. you know, who know and understand you and your message and, and how to communicate that to a broader audience. But no one drives it better than you. It's a bit like your finance as well. As well. Mm. You know, like I was saying before, my finance background has been a course, that, you know, pillar of success in the story of four ingredients. And I, it's because I believe it gave me a foundation to be able to push the boundaries. You know, one year we did a deal with a very big supermarket that had an abnormal amount of uh, income generated into our financial year. And I got this bill from my accountant and I just went, you know, after my husband resurrected me from the dead, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just went, no way. Like I, because of my finance background, I had the confidence to march in there and say, no way. This is unacceptable. We need to look outside the square. We need to find something else. We need to do something else. And and surround yourself with a team of financial planners and accountants and bankers and solicitors, but know that you are going to have to drive it. No one will be interested in your finances more than you. But that team, because they know and love you and admire you, are there to help you and want to help you. That If you succeed, they succeed. But you have to drive. It's a bit like the marketing. Marketing is eighty percent of your battle in business. Yeah, eighty percent is how good your product is. And I think Kim, the one of the you know, obviously I know you personally, but in in a professional scene, is you are 
the most authentic person. So someone can meet you on a personal level, but in business, you're very much the same. And I think that sometimes um, that's where people go wrong in business. Would you agree that they are one person on a personal level and then in business, they're very different where you're very authentic across the board. You are the same person. And I think that's why your brand works so well too, because you, that's just you. That's just Kim. Anyone that meets Kim is Kim could be on the same as a live podcast cast or a live show on Facebook or, or meet Kim at the Woolies. You, you, you just present exactly the same. You're so authentic. Except I wouldn't be at Woolies. I'd be at IGA. Cal, oh, because that's I'm right. Shit. For IGA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Love IGA, people. actually. And I yeah. lobbied for three years to be with them. I just went, they are the mums. I was at a soccer game. So it was when my, oh, maybe my middle son was, you know, maybe grade two or something. And I was at a soccer game. Four Ingredients had sponsored their little schools under 18. And the local IGA at Woombai had, you know, sponsored the other. And in that moment, light bulb moment, I went, it is the mums and dads, locally owned businesses that invest back at grassroots level, but, you know, that, that are building our communities. And I lobbied for three years to work with IGA. And I wanted better. You're so as fight well. about you, haven't you? You don't give up. You've got some. No, you, no you go. You go after what you want. I do, well because it made sense. Yeah. And I just also IGA have fourteen hundred. They have the biggest footprint, supermarket footprint in Australia. So, and I grew up in a little town called Mundabra out west of Bundaberg, and we had an IGA there. And I wrote my first book and I said, if I could not buy the ingredients on the shelves of that IGA, that it wasn't making it into the book. That was part of my marketing ploy. Yeah, I didn't right. want to have pomegranate juice. What? Where am I going to get that from at <laughs> 6 o'clock on a Wednesday evening, you know? Yeah. Duck sauce, I guess. What? Are you joking? I wanted that independent. I'm an independent retailer. So is IGA. Mm. They have the ingredients. I have the recipes. Better, who are all independent retailers as mm. well, have the um, have the appliances in which, which we use to cook it all in. So we've had a lovely little sort of triage, a little, um, you know, agreement with both of those companies now for, oh, gosh, at least three or four years yeah. at a national level. So, and they yeah. um, they buy locally too, don't they? IGAs like they buy locally produce. That's why I yeah. actually I love I love yeah. our IGA. It's the local honey, it's yeah. the local lettuce, it's the local eggs. It is if if you have a, a local product, if you have a product locally, it is more it is the IGA that is one hundred percent the the supermarket chain that will support you. You know, you yeah. go to your you know, the other big players and we well, got to send it off. There's a process. It's got to go to another state. Yeah. You know, it's layers and layers of complexity. Whereas, you know, the IGA and I just think that, yeah, integral that we support our independent retailers to keep the big boys on it. Where's the um, future for four ingredients? What, what, what's going to happen? Like you've, you've been so, so successful, but I'm sure there's a bigger plan here for you because that's what you're like. There'll be what's, what's up there. What's up in the air? So the big thing on the table at the moment, last year, um, so maybe 10 or 11 years ago, we filmed two TV series with Foxtel. And last year, they were still airing, which means that company who produced those TV shows was still earning advertising dollars, advertising revenue by airing that show. Mm. So after 11 years of the same show, I thought perhaps it's time to make another one. But rather than going back to them, I thought, no, 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 I'm going to produce this myself. So I did. 
So we, in September last year, produced six, a six-part TV show. We filmed it all on the Sunshine Coast. We, we put a big call out to every manufacturer, supplier on the Sunshine Coast. We used every local product we, um, we could find. We, cool. you know, uh, filmed up and down the length and breadth of the coast to really put a spotlight on the beautiful part of the world that we mm. live in. And we have just signed a deal with an agency in Sydney that will represent the TV show both domestically and internationally and oh, try and sell well it. Oh, well done. So That's a high that five. A, that is a virtual high five, isn't it? That's a high yeah. five. And that is the first of a number of shows I think we will work on. That is my grand plan. And I just think it's also, um, you know, TV is still very much uh, king. Yeah. You know, if I can get a good segment on a current affair or if I can get a, a good a good TV show together, you know, for brand awareness, brand relevancy, brand longevity, mm. you know, TV is still very, very, it's important to have a database. It's important to do lives, but, you know, the power of TV is still very, very predominant or prevalent in our, you know, current, uh, the way we view, um, you know, and, and absorb content. So there's the TV show. I probably have, um, I have a Diabetes Australia uh, wanting me to write a book to launch at their annual expo in Melbourne next April. Oh. And the thing about that, you know how I was saying before, I, you know, it's all about numbers. Yeah. Here's a number for you, Kel. Every day in Australia, 306 Australians are diagnosed with diabetes. Every single day. Every day. day. Every why single day. Now, why don't we hear about that? Like, we all we're hearing at the moment is COVID nineteen. Like, we these stats, like these breast cancer stats, diabetes, we just don't hear about it, do we? It's just in in the medical health industry. Yeah. If you walk into, you know, skew down here, you, you would hear about it probably, but. You know, I didn't. I only know about it because I grew up with a type one diabetic brother. So it was mm. 1980, and my little two-year-old brother was uh, di- diagnosed as a juvenile diabetic. So we've grown up with that. Someone injecting insulin to save his life, all yeah. our lives. So it's always been a title that I've wanted to write. But again, I had to knock on their door for forever and a day. We were the first book that Diabetes Australia ever endorsed outside of an internally written cookbook. And it has been the biggest selling diabetes title in Australia for the last oh. four, one year, four years maybe. Oh. So they want to follow up. Now, why I want to write and why I will do that is because if you get their support and their buy-in, they have a, a, a database, Diabetes Australia, of about 5 million members. Oh, wow. So they will then take your product that has been endorsed by them. And, you know, so when I said 80, business is about 80% marketing, that beca- that is a very good marketing yeah, tool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so there's yeah. more titles all the time. Like, there's, yeah. you know, there's, I wasn't, at the start of this year, I wasn't writing a pie book, but my publisher, well, my I'm my publisher, my distributor, Simon yeah. and Houston Australia rang and said the book buyer for Kmart asked us to ask you if you'd consider writing a pie book. And I looked up and there's my two pie makers on my bench top at that point in that conversation. And I said, done deal. I love it. I love And here's my whole theory about life, Kel. Wrap it in pastry and they will eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and drink so it I with... Went, oh. <laughs> Watch it down with red wine. Yeah. So, um, you know, that kind of just happened. And then interestingly, 
because of COVID, it's all sort of happened in the last three months, because of COVID, we couldn't actually shoot the the pie book the way we would, you know, under Uh, beautiful lines, you know, with a professional photographer. mm. So literally, the three of us in our team, my brand manager, my chef and myself, we shot it across three homes. Um, and on our iPhone. So this will be my first fully illustrated cookbook ever shot on my, an iPhone. This is so, this is going to be good. This is this is thinking outside the box though, which so many people have had to do, hey, to keep rolling. Yeah. So, no, it will be interesting that, you know, we kind of, um, you know, we, we put out snippets uh, and we share with our following what yeah. we're doing, what we're working on, the projects, you know, have you got any good pie recipes? Yeah. You know, so it's all seed marketing as well so yeah. that you know, people buy into stories. People love stories. So yeah. we have become very good storytellers. We realise the power of a story is the power of marketing, which yeah. then leads to, you know, sales. So, no, there is plenty more happening in four ingredients, you know, in four ingredients land. What's this space? And if you haven't, you know, anyone listening to this, mm. if you haven't followed us, you know, if you've ever what been asked book. to be an artist, <laughs> you know, please jump on. Yeah, follow us. We, you know, it, it's a it's a real homegrown David and Goliath type story, and it's um, you know, I, you know, hopefully, the more we share it, the more we can instill in others that you re- we really do live in the lucky country and you know your it's your attitude that makes a big difference if you don't take no as no if you don't you know look mm. at a setback as a well with me I give up you know yeah. if it's just a little speed bump you know you you will really be amazed what you can achieve in, yeah in, beautiful country called Australia. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love Four Ingredients. I love you, you, Kim, your team. You always bring a a fresher breath air to any, any stage that you're on, any conversation. Thank you so much for giving your time to us today because I know how busy you are. I wish you and all the team the most biggest success and I cannot wait to see you on TV. Like this is, that's going to be pretty cool. Like, oh, well, I'll take up the whole screen, Kel, because the four kilos <laughs> I was meant to lose before we started kind of went out the window. <laughs> but my mum, God bless her, and this is, I'll leave you with my parting thought. My mum, Kim, don't lose any more weight. People will think you, your food's rubbish if you're skinny. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, thank you again. And for anybody that wants to find four ingredients. In the number four ingredients.com.au, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, we're everywhere. We look forward to making your acquaintance somewhere. Thank you again for your time. And um, for all our listeners, if you've got any questions or any recipes or anything, get onto Kim's lives on her Facebook. They're amazing. And she, I think you had like 900 followers yesterday on live or something. It was like unbelievable. Just And Kim, you always try to interact with them too because I always hear you go, hi, Lucy, hi, Jade, oh, hi. <laughs> It makes me laugh. Well, I try because well, they go so fast because there's so many comments. Yes. There's, there's questions. So I try to pick up the questions like often there's a question, oh, Kim, could I substitute that for gluten-free flour oh, or, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I try to pick up and I try to, and it really is about welcoming my audience into my kitchen. And, yeah. you know, I just figure I can't say hello to everyone because, like you said, there was over a 1,000 comments know. yesterday. Yeah. over 60,000 views but I try to pick them up every now and then 
you know, and, yeah. and get those questions. Because like I said, right at the top of this interview, ultimately, Four Ingredients is here to help. That's what, that's what our aim is. So, you know, yeah. Super, super yeah. human. Super human attractor. No. No. <laughs> that right. knows how to cook. <laughs> well, on that note, I'll yeah. see you next Friday night for dinner. Love. I know. Well, thank you again, <laughs> and um, we'll look forward to um, having you on our podcast again for sure um, sometime soon about um, when the new TV series, maybe when that starts. I know. God, mm. yes, say a prayer. You know, that's just another thing that we've got to get done. But anyway, it's you know, I can now add to my um, resume that I am a TV producer. I can't can't wait for that. I can't wait. Just Google it. Just Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again and let's talk. And you're right. It's more than money. You know, life's more about money than, yeah, it's the experiences, it's the journey, it's the people you meet along the way. Thanks, Thanks, Kim. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's More Than Money. This podcast has been recorded and produced at Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast and wherever you listen to it, give it a rating as well. If you'd like to find out more, you can always go to our website, parentfg.com, or you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Please leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. Either way, we'd love to hear from you, so let us know your thoughts. We'll have another episode soon. Thanks for listening to It's More Than Money. Take care. We'll catch you next time.